the film series that won't die. Nearly 30 movies, one house, actually several houses, and cursed artifacts. Hey, welcome back to another Amityville podcast. I'm Pat. I'm Tom. And today we are going to be watching Amityville 3D from 1983. Unfor- only we'll be watching it in 2D because, I mean, why? Yeah. <laughs> um, it was anaglyph and the red green usually hurts my brain anyway. Let's see, these are good reasons. Yeah. Also, it's not available in 3D anywhere that we could find. Which is kind of surprising. Like, uh, you figure it, like, the way that the 3D home releases are happening more frequently, like, you, mm-hmm. your screen factories and stuff kind of like view you think they view it as like a reason to like kind of remaster the thing hey Mm -hmm. we can trick there's got to be some people that are excited that they'd finally be able to watch it in 3d and so that's 40 bucks yeah but it's yeah it's weird especially on the franchise ones that they're the last ones to be picked like you can find fringe movies that were in 3d that's the way they put it out for the blu-ray yeah but like jaws 3d impossible mm. to find as a print i saw it at the really? senator theater <laughs> in actual uh polarized 3d and okay. it's beautiful 3d in that movie yeah. if it's not the red green mm. and if it's on a big enough screen it actually the 3d works the movie's still got its issues okay but the 3d well, was really <laughs> impressive right. i like a good 3d mm-hmm. uh, i still like the, the the my bloody valentine mm-hmm. 3d and, uh, we talked about that last week, didn't we? I think we mentioned it briefly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, either on Arrow or off. But, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the same guys did Drive Angry, which was yeah, some great 3D. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of my favorites that is super hard to find, and my buddy got a German Blu-ray of it because it was the only version in 3D. <laughs> but when I was working at the movie theater back in the 90s, we got in for this movie 3D glasses because... That's how it was released in some markets, just not in the U.S., mm-hmm. but somehow we got the glasses. Nice. Cemetery Man. What? Cemetery There's Man. There's a 3D version of Cemetery Man? It was the intent. Like. Oh, my God. Yeah. Cemetery uh, Man is like my favorite movie. It's there is a 3D version of it out there and it is gorgeous. Like every this is my shot, new mission in life with all like the little will o' the wisp things floating around. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Ooh. just all like Ooh. scenes of him digging graves and no. throwing dirt in them. Like the camera placement, oh the framing, I the want it so and, bad, I want it so bad. I'll see if I can no, borrow and rip a copy from my buddy. I gotta figure this out. I gotta, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Oh yeah. man! All right. So this movie though. Which, uh, oh yeah, fun fact, uh, with all the, uh, I've, I've been uh, doing daily marathons of Columbo, and I watched the Etude in Black, uh, the season two episode with John Cassavetes as our murderer of the week, and who should be a trumpet, uh, an alcoholic trumpet player that uh, they try to throw everything off, but uh, James Olsen. Our bad, our our less bad priest from Amityville mm-hmm. Part Two, because I think Rod Steiger is still the worst priest He's of still, the yeah, bunch. Because he never even really met with the family. This no, one, at least, no. he met them, then ignored them in their time of need. Yeah, like, and he felt appropriately guilty afterwards. But he mm-hmm. he is there in that. This uh, what was fun is that the Columbo episode was much earlier than the Amityville movie, and uh, he is much balder, and yet ironically has longer hair. 
Yeah. Well, you got to remember that uh, Amityville 2 is arguably a prequel, so it that's, takes place yeah. before he lost his Columbo that's hair. A, that's a good point. That's a good point. That's, that's happened yeah. before. Yeah. As far as... And afterwards, that's why he went into being an alcoholic trumpet player. Exactly. It makes sense. It's, you know, after you go through that, you leave the church. Oh, obviously. And, you know, instead of being an instrument of the Lord, you find an instrument of the Lord. Indeed. And, you know, trumpets are biblical in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I'll buy that. Yeah, trumpets and harps. Angels love them. Oh, totally. So Amityville 3D, uh, did you look up anything about this? Uh, The only thing I spotted besides the 3D um, is that this is one of the first film appearances of a young Meg Ryan. Whoa! uh, And Lori Laughlin. Ah, Uh, Full House fame. But the same year this came out, also released to theaters because 83 was a big 3D year. Friday the 13th Part 3 nice. was in 3D, um, which is available in 3D only yeah. finally after the last, like, what, two, three years? Yeah, I think I got Well, I got it in the box set. Exactly. Think. That was the first time they've put out that in 3D. But I as I mentioned, for it, but, yeah. Jaws 3D. Oh. Jaws 3D features Dennis Quaid. Oh! Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan, um, what, two years later, did DOA, and I think that's where they met, but they so. were together for, Quite what, a while. decades. Yeah, and their uh, their son is uh, Wee Huey on uh, The Boys. Jack Quaid is uh, Wee Huey on The Boys. Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid's full-grown son is on a TV show right now because you're old. We're not old. You're old. The mm-hmm. listener, you are old. Yeah. I don't think he's really going to be able to prove he's their kid until he does a 3D movie. You know, the gauntlet has been set. You mm-hmm. know, it's like certain trials that uh, that are familial at this point. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's that or some sort of uh, body horror comedy movie with Martin Short. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. They've done that all together, too. Yeah. I just wonder if it, there was ever like an argument around the table of I'm not doing 3D. I'm only doing 2D, mom, 2D, dad. You can't control me. Back in my back in our day, we cut our teeth on 3D. And only when we proved that we didn't need gimmicks and all sorts of silliness did mm-hmm. we, were we allowed to make 2D movies. Mm-hmm. We only started making two-dimensional films when our characters were three-dimensional in a, of themselves, mm. mm. arguably, mm. because both of them have done some pretty flat stuff. Well, yeah. I haven't seen Meg Ryan in forever. Dennis Quaid still pops up in, like, every other thing, which is kind of nice. Yeah, but I think she just kind of stepped out of the business. I think she had that plastic surgery. Yeah. It was an and, unfortunate choice. It's a shame because, like, I mean... Nowadays, you know, actresses can age into just other roles yeah. and other franchises. And test yeah. back the question: Did Meg Ryan have a range outside of the quirky, you know, you know twenty-something woman, mm-hmm. which she did get to play for nigh thirty years? Yes, <laughs> and I think her. Personally, my favorite role of hers was Joe vs. Volcano, and that was three roles. Yeah, I was about to say, which one? Yeah, well, that's the thing is, she showed, while playing this, a quirky girl, that she could play three different versions of it, kind of like Michael Keaton in Multiplicity, plays Michael Keaton in every one of those roles. It's a variation of him, but it shows that there is range within what he does, Mm -hmm. whereas she got to do that in Joe vs. Volcano. Accurate. Um, or I would say her last great performance, um, and it's really the last one I can think of, is Hurley Burley 
was very against type. I remember the title Hurley Burley. I don't remember what in God's name it um, is. It was a it was a drama with elements of comedy, but um, it's it's been forever since I've seen it. I'm not going to be able to give an accurate description <laughs> of the plot, but I do remember specifically that her performance in it was much better than I ever remember her doing. Fair enough. And in general, I thought it was a lot of great performances in the film. Um, something to check out, depending on whether we recommend watching Amityville 3D once we're done. Yeah, which uh, we're watching this on uh, Tubi again. And from the little title screen, we're seeing Robert Joy is in that. He's one of those guys that you've seen a zillion times mm. uh, but never remember. Like, for me, he's uh, the uh, the guy with the facial scars in Land of the Dead. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's yeah, Robert yeah. Joy. Tess Harper is our main character, apparently, and I believe she's in No Country for Old Men. But mm-hmm. the name that's just jumping out at me is uh, Mr. New York, Tony Roberts is in this movie, mm-hmm. Amityville number three. Tony Roberts, who is in a number of Woody Allen movies, like the good Woody Allen movies back in like the uh, the 70s, like Annie Hall and uh, I don't remember. So the other ones Manhattan? I think he's in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think he's in Manhattan. He's also uh, delightful as the deputy mayor in take, the taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3. Right, 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 right. Uh, but so I am... I'm very curious to see what... It's 1983, so this is sort of him slumming it. Like, he shouldn't be in this movie at this Mm -hmm. point, you would think. Maybe he just likes the work. Or, I mean, character actors don't always get the best in royalties. Uh, They don't get the most upfront money, so... Let's do a horror movie. Yeah. Have the the bank account. Yeah, you take what can come along, and your best scenario is... Well, you got two great options. One, it turns into an instant classic, and you know, you can maybe even be a part of a franchise, and that's guaranteed pay down the way. Although, get your the nature of pleasance money exactly. Um, or the movie's completely forgettable, and nobody knows you did it, and you still have that money in your account. Also a good, also a good thing. Mm-hmm. So of that other Donald Pleasance money, yeah, yeah, all the other Donald Pleasance mm-hmm. money. Jesus, yeah. So, anyway, we're going to go ahead and start the movie, and we'll be back in just a second for you guys. And one hour and 33 minutes for us. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. No, can't go in with that. Last week was awesome. Last week was unexpectedly amazing. This might be unexpectedly amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. It is rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Unexpectedly amazing. But this is pre PG thirteen PG. This is this could be Jaws PG. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real horror movie. Yeah, Poltergeist PG. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's do this. And we're back. Amityville three D, which I mean, it's not bad. It's not good. It's not good. Um, it is definitely Amityville, and there is a lot of 3D. I mean, all right, definitely Amityville. It definitely takes place in the Amityville house. Mm-hmm. But no one is being like slowly possessed and or driven insane by the house. No, it's... Um, I feel like that's crucial to That's Amityville. That's what they've set the series up for so far. Yeah. So this one takes a hard turn. Um, it opens with a guy who is a paranormal investigator. Uh, we sure, open with yeah. a seance. Yeah. Um, In the Amityville house. These, uh-huh. uh, these uh, 
medium, this medium has the idea of helping a person reach their dead son by uh, using the Amityville house as an antenna. Mm-hmm. And it's an older couple um, that are there to, like, you know, help them talk to the kid who... Ricky. Ricky. Um, Not an Amityville victim. But no. just, you know, we're using this to get in touch yeah. with other people. This is a house that acts as a divining rod or mm. something like that. Um, they don't really go into much detail on it because no. they don't feel like we care. No. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they have this seance and things start shaking and then a glowing green cloud appears. Yeah. And then... It turns out it's all bullshit. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the seance, the one woman, uh, the air quote mother of the child... <laughs> Breaks out a camera and starts taking all sorts of pictures, including of the guy holding a stick with a glowing, with a bag that they made the glowing thing that like, that room wasn't that dark and that glowing bag would have shown us that guy. Yeah. So. Well, he was dressed all in black. He was. Like a good techie. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Although like a good techie, he should have had a metal t-shirt on. Yeah. I mean, you know, flipped inside out, but you should have been able to read it in reverse that it's, you know, some squiggle of a head. Yeah. But no, as it turns out, they were these were fake con, these were fake psychics, con men that were being exposed by our main characters, Tony Roberts, and Tony Roberts' assistants. Was that Candy Clark? I think so. Yes. Yeah, Candy Clark, um, uh, who are intrepid investigators for Reveal Magazine. Mm-hmm. Something that debunks all of these ghosts and myths and supernatural because our main character is a skeptic. Yeah. Um, now, I checked the ending credits, and the Warrens were not advisors on this one, mm-hmm. so I'm pretty sure that that whole scene was a dig at the Warrens. Probably. Yeah. Um, this one, again, not based on anything mm-hmm. except that there are other movies that they're following. Mm-hmm. Um, they do make reference to the real events, um, the, sort the, of the previous two movies, basically some amalgam of Yeah, it, it's kind of weird because, like, we have this is like Amityville number three, so it follows one and two. And in number two, we see their version of the events that happened before the Lutzes moved in, the actual massacre that happened in the house. And we get a different set of names and a different body count and in this one they actually name Ronnie DeFeo specifically mm-hmm. the actual person who is the guy that murdered his family in the Amityville house mm-hmm. and they get the numbers right right which was kind of surprising killed both parents and uh, the four siblings four siblings whereas in the second one it was one sibling killed the other three and yeah. the two parents yeah um, but they, I mean playing fast and loose with continuity that's Sure. Horror movies. Uh, true. It's just one of those things. Like, the very little research we've been doing, it's like, oh, huh. But, again, that has very little to do with anything because this movie is about Tony Roberts, whose name is John. It was John, right? Yeah. I honestly don't remember. It really... I was just calling him Tony Roberts the mm-hmm. whole time. And so he uh, is talking to the realtor... Uh, or the owner of the Amityville house after the uh, debunking seance debunking session, and uh, the owner of the house is desperately trying to get keep his name out of everything because he's got enough trouble selling the house as it is. And as a side note, he mentions he can't even sell the houses on either side of the Amityville house. Mm-hmm. They're such 
such a reputation, which is great. Yeah. That is great world building. Yeah, he didn't say whether he had bought those other two houses or he was just representing them. Yeah. But he did very specifically say that he had bought because it was going for so cheap that house and waiting for all of the hubbub to die down which anyone who knows anything about filming locations uh, people still go out to the Breaking Bad house or the Halloween house or the Nightmare on Elm Street house mm -hmm, the the Georgetown steps uh, the house on Haunted Hill Mm. Um, if it's if it's a horror location you're going to have tourists yes and so this guy can't sell the house and enter Tony Roberts who is in the middle of a divorce and looking to start a new life and since he doesn't believe in this shit anyway mm-hmm. what the wow. hell it's yeah. cheap Let's- it's a cheap house he's going through a divorce he needs a place to live um, he needs to start working on his great American novel so he can leave uh, Reveal Magazine Indeed. these are all important plot points I guess kind of um, character building also he has a keyboard mm-hmm. and he knows how to play the keyboard yeah we never see him play the keyboard or even mention any interest in music whatsoever but he does he plays it once when, when he's packing it up he plays like mm. the little eerie music tone right, for the right, daughter right, right. played by Lori Laughlin with the same haircut that she would have for the next 10 years on Full House mm-hmm. um I actually can't picture her without that haircut. Right? Yeah. It was like, it was crazy because she is very, she's like able to play, convincingly play a teenager. I'm sure she was at least in her early 20s at that yeah. point. Yeah. But she very much looks like a teenager and yet has the same exact haircut that she had on, was it Good Morning San Diego? Or well, it was something Whoa. San Diego was the name of the the, ta- the morning show she has with uh, Bob Saget's character, Dan- Danny Tanner, with uh, Danny Tanner. Or is it Wake Up, Wake Up San Diego? I'm not an expert know, on Francisco, Full House. Isn't it? Um, never mind. San Francisco. It is San, San Francisco. San, San, San Francisco. Um, Wake Up San... Anyway, doesn't yeah. matter. But she had that haircut forever. Like, Uncle Jesse went through more hairstyles than she did on mm-hmm. the entire show. His got more and more feathered like he was trying to compete. Oh, my God. John Stamos' hair is amazing. Mm. Anyway, so Tony Randall plays the like Robert. Tony Roberts. Yeah. Damn it. Tony Randall. I, I believe I Tony Randall is the name of a director of one of the later entries in the in the series. I believe Amityville Six. Yeah. I could be wrong. Uh, no, you, you know you are right, uh, but this is. Uh, to be to be sure, not to be confused spelling wise with Tony Randall of the Odd Couple. Yeah. So, <laughs> but let's talk about this movie that we watched. Yeah. <laughs> so this real is sort of good, but sort of there's no co- there's no cohesion to the events that happen. Yeah, it's a, just a long string of events. Um, there's not really any sort of arc or character building. It's just a whole bunch of stuff happens, which we'll go through. But they happen to but, the same characters, and so we can sort of say it's a movie or a story. Mm-hmm. You know, it follows all of them, but it starts in a place and it ends in a place. Same place. Yeah. And you know that things have changed. Yeah. So yeah, it's a story. It's, it's a, story. a story. It's a story. So the real estate agent um, sells him the house. And uh, the real estate agent, by the way, looks like um, Robert Zadar's uncle, I guess. We'll go uncle. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, not young, not old enough to be his dad, yeah. but uncle. Kind of a blend of 
Very true. Robert Zadar and the guy who played Bluto and Popeye was yeah. one of the villains in yeah. Crime Wave. Very trapezoidal head. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes into the house for reasons, and he's exploring it, and he goes up to the upstairs room that has the eye windows. Yeah. And Which, this is the same house. It is, it's definitely the same house from number two, because mm-hmm. they have the same uh, banister, or banisters and railings. But yeah, the inside is the same. The same inside as the first one. Well, the first one in the banister matches, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, but other than that, there's issues with internal geography. Most of these, I think, were shot on sound stages with a little bit of location stuff in Thomas River, yeah. New Jersey. If you want to visit the real house, it might be there still. Probably, but like yeah. definitely, like the staircases are in the same spot. But once again, the. Uh, the basement changes, but we'll get there. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So, so the real, I, I think he's there to give the keys or to do like the final sell, like a handoff to Tony Roberts. Yeah, although I don't think it was terribly well, clear. No, no, there, there's a lot of like little jumps and or skips in logic, internal logic of the film that we will talk about later. Mm-hmm. Um. So he. He shows up at the house. He goes all the way up to the top floor, which if you are dropping off keys, that's a perfect hiding spot. That's where you would put them, especially if you're overweight. It's three whole stories up. Mm -hmm. Um, And and then the flies. flies. He hears some flies. We see flies at the window. Um, This is our first really big... 3D effect. I think they had a little bit in the seance, but the flies are coming at you in 3D. Mm -hmm. The opening titles were also pushing 3D pretty hard, which looked really not great in 2D. But the flies start filling the room, and then there's wave upon wave of them, and then you see flies come right up at the camera, like some weird little (laughs) puppety ones or something. Yeah, And some of them were glowing. And it would have really been gross in 3D. Like yeah. that, that would have been like in a, that, that would have been effective and terrible. And he gets covered in flies and he's choking out. At which point, uh, Tony Roberts comes home, goes upstairs, and finds him the real estate agent dying, not dead yet, but like his face is bloated. He's yep. reaching out, his hand is shaking, and he dead. And Tony Roberts barely musters a shrug. Mm-hmm. He's... This something, is weird. This is something that happens every day. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure if any of us went and bought a house and came home one day and our real estate agent was dying in front of you at the top of the stairs... It's just a house settling. Exactly. <laughs> these no, these things, things... It's, you know... I mean, he knew he was selling the thing... Maybe this was just his last great bit of unfinished business. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he died, and then they go to the f- one of the friends of Tony, his uh, writing partner, right? Who is got who has a batch of pictures? Uh-huh. Pictures from they after the séance they were doing. Uh, like uh, some post debunking, uh, investigating, taking pictures around the house to show like all the uh, the BS that the, mm-hmm. the fake psychics were doing, and uh, she had, she had t- can- this is Candy Clark. She had taken pictures of Tony Roberts and the realtor, mm-hmm. and the pictures of Tony Roberts 
the Tony Roberts face looks fine, but the realtor's face is hideously dis- deformed or yeah, grossed it, out or crossed out or something. It looks like a leather face mask from one of the newer yeah, Texas yeah, Chainsaws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kind of like patchy and weirdly smeared, but... Um, yeah, it's kind yeah. of a leather facey. Tony Roberts, when presented with this evidence that there's something, you know, maybe weird going on, completely says there's something wrong with the camera. Mm-hmm. Even though the uh, distortion is in different spots mm-hmm. in, in each picture and it follows is... this one guy, but does nothing to his face. Yeah, there's a glitch somewhere in this non-digital, old-school mechanical <laughs> camera that is completely distorting this one person who just dropped dead in front of him consistently in multiple pictures mm-hmm. um but eh. eh you know what it's 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 just faulty equipment because he is a skeptic and he is adamant about it this is like one of the yeah, i was just about to say this is like one of the like the, the militant atheist sort of things mm-hmm. where like even when you're presented with possibilities it's like you have to at least acknowledge it could be no no it can't no 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 not according to my belief system it's not even like Scully remaining a skeptic where she just happens to have her back turned to each thing. God, like funny. he is being presented with evidence. Yeah. That is like there's very but I, I do like that. So then she brings it to their scientist friend played by Robert Joy. Mm-hmm. Uh he, he had looks, been there. Go he ahead. looks a bit like a blend between William F. Buckley and Seth Meyer. But not sexy. Right. <laughs> And those two got it going. Ow. So uh, the Seth Meyers, he really does look like Seth Meyers. Um, So she brings the pictures to him, and he is uh, some sort of scientician at the local university, Dr. West. And uh, Not at all a reference to Lovecraft. Probably. Somebody somewhere on the script thought they would throw that in there, and everyone else didn't get it, so they just went in the other direction. It's fine. Uh, and, and to their credit, I kind of liked this scene where he's like, you know, uh, I don't think this is going to be anything, but let's uh, run it through as many tests as we can to say that it isn't anything. Mm-hmm. It, he says, in 97% of the cases, uh, this is nothing. And then Candy Clark asks, well, what about the other 3%? He's like, well, that's why I'm doing what, this is why we do what we do. So mm-hmm. we can find out what the other 3% is. And it's like, yes, that is the thing. It's like, you know, that's the right amount of skepticism. It's like, mm-hmm. look. I don't think this is a thing, but of course yeah. we're going to make sure that it isn't first before we say one yeah. way or the other. Science is big on getting the broad answer, and then you take the exceptions and figure out where the anomaly lies, and you learn more about how the entire mechanism works. Yes. Luckily, for this film and the audience, this plot point with the pictures is never picked up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we abandon it before <laughs> it comes uh, close to dangerously affecting a character's opinion. Yeah. And then Candy Clark goes back to the house that she has that she has overtly said gives her the creeps and has one of the more effective jump scares of the film with a character that we only see in this one scene mm-hmm. and then never comes back. Dolores, Dolores, one of the few names I remember because she calls it over and over again. Um, she's looking for Dolores. Who um, we are supposed to somehow know is a character that exists in the film. Mm-hmm. Like we were trying to place, is that the daughter? No, the daughter was... So 
introduced Susan, which hadn't been introduced yet. Oh, she had been introduced briefly. Um, Did they mention the name? But she hadn't appeared on screen yet. Had she had appeared in a screen uh, on no, screen right before this. Two quick scenes are Daddy Daughter Day at the new house, where yeah. they talk like people who have absolutely met each other before. Yeah, totally. and and are definitely related. Mm-hmm. And father and daughter. They definitely talk all the time because um, there's no need for that much exposition if a daddy and daughter really communicate as he explains that he's writing the book and she talks about the divorce and they just kind of go over all of your major story points that we haven't maybe heard yet. Yeah. It Um, is important to keep in mind that whenever Tony Roberts is talking to any character, he is talking in the very efficient uh, New York theater way that he talks to literally every person. Every person has the exact same tone, the exact same word choice, and all of it underscores his complete disinterest in the film that he is making. Mm-hmm. He gives it in a very matter of fact, here's what you need to know in the kind of way that like a supporting character in an investigative piece would do. You would think that Robert Joy and Tony Roberts were playing the opposite characters. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> So, so, yeah, we get a daddy daughter yeah. tour of the house. The daughter is, it's not clear if she's supposed to move in with him or not. She's just not entirely comfortable about it. Mom is not, incom- is not entirely it, comfortable with it. Yeah, mom definitely hates it. I, I think it's more like a, uh, I can, st- when I stay with you, I will be, I will have my own room sort of thing. But they haven't really got, like they say they're in the process of a divorce, but they don't appear to be in any way, like very far into the process. No, he has done no packing because she even um, in a scene or two she basically Mm -hmm. says you need to pack your bags, you need to pack your things and get out. Take your shit. Yeah. Now he's bought a house so I'm figuring that's (laughs) part of the plan but she's she's pushing him along. She's, well, like the way she said it, it's like they were they had been talking about it, but now it's real, and so now she's angry. This is uh the wife is played by Tess Harper, uh, who played Tommy Lee Jones's wife in No Country for Old Men, mm-hmm. and is actually pretty good in the film. I thought uh, yeah, I liked her. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, Lori right. Laughlin is the daughter, and her best friend is a is a very interesting Meg Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we'll get. Uh, yeah, right. We got we got that back uh, because yeah, there is oh Dolores. We didn't finish the whole sequence. Yeah. Um, the partner goes to the house. Yeah. For reasons. And Dolores scares the. Actually, they both sort of. So the partner is looking around for Tony Roberts, and uh, when she she realizes he's not there, she's asking for Dolores, and then. Uh, she keeps hearing noises in different parts of the house. She goes to one door, opens it up, and there is Dolores, who we have no idea who she is, with a, like, police murder flashlight. Mm-hmm. And they both scream at each other, scaring each other, which was very effective at scaring me. Because mm-hmm. what is happening right now? Yeah, this this uh, starts a trend through the entire movie. The biggest scares in the movie are basically cat in the window. Yeah. Uh, you open a door, there's a friendly person but you scream um mm-hmm. there's there's all this we'll point out as we go but yeah most of the scary moments with supernatural stuff are kind of here's an effect we're attempting whereas where they actually get you to jump is almost entirely always a fake out scare yeah 
So Although I, I, I would argue that the elevator pantomime that Tony Roberts does was very effective. Mm-hmm. Which was right in the middle of this Dolores scene. Like, we, we yeah. meet Dolores, we cut to him in the elevator. Um, it goes down to the second floor, stalls, zips all the way to the top of the building. At such speed that he is pressed to the floor of the elevator, a la the Gravitron at your local amusement mm-hmm. park. And then it zips right back down to the ground level where he's zipped up on wire. Onto the ceiling. And this is after a fly has appeared in the the elevator. Because once again, uh, the house has agency far outside of the house. Mm -hmm. And it is always evidenced by the presence of at least one obnoxious fly. As houses go, it definitely gets out and gets around. It does. You know, which is nice. And it's old age. You know, you worry Mm -hmm. that it's not going to get around and do much. You need to travel. Exactly. You know, break up the monotony. Mm -hmm. Some houses don't like settling. Exactly. (laughs) So we cut back to Dolores leaves and the partner is in the house and she goes to inspect the basement. Which was dumb. (laughs) It's full of cold air. Uh, There's a giant Arctic blast. um, You know, white smoke and uh, looks like snow coming at her. She looks like she's in a uh, department store Christmas display by the Mm -hmm. end of it. Yeah. It's adorable. Covered in like frost and snow, but she's fine. No frostbite, any of that. She's just freaked out. And blames him and mm-hmm. yells at him and won't tell him what the hell happened and and or why she's freaking out, but definitely runs out of the house as if he raped her. Mm-hmm. It was weird. I was it very was, confused. Like, it was very... And again, there's like a lot of moments where it's just like, you know that there's at least one extra scene or like 10 more seconds of a scene that would explain it mm-hmm. that they filmed and then didn't leave in because we, we have to keep it at 90 minutes. Yep. So we get the, like, she's fro- she's frosted over, she runs away, and then jump cut to a girl sitting up and screaming with things on her eyes, oh and um, she's in a medical study where they have put this girl, who we never get a name or any information about. No. She has been in, in uh, one of those. Janice? Hmm? Like, Joyce was one of the attendants, but I think Janice was the screaming girl. Oh, all right. Um... But she's been in a deprivation, a sensory deprivation tank for 52, 53 hours? 52 hours. Um, because this is a DC Comics production. Oh, well, that works. <laughs> um, she wakes up screaming, and Elliot, the scientist friend, explains yeah, this to... This is Robert Joy's character. Yeah. Um, explains that, yeah, after 52 hours in a sensory deprivation tank, you start to lose a little bit of yourself, and you start to go a little bit insane, but this is perfectly normal, and she'll be fine. Anyway, what were you saying? Let's talk about the house. He's talking to the soon-to-be ex-wife, who is apparently freaked out about the house, apropos of nothing in the film. Don't misunderstand. She she will later explain that she read up on the very uh, public history of the Amityville house and as a result does not want her daughter anywhere near it Mm -hmm. but we have done nothing to set this up in the film and in fact there will be a later scene that appears to be the setup for this scene yeah this scene seems like it was pulled from later in the film and dumped in here um, because where it stands now she has no knowledge of 
any of the shit that's happened. No, nobody does. Nobody is talking to anybody about the shit that's happening in this mm-hmm. house because there isn't really a lot of shit happening in this. Yeah. house. we're just assuming that the characters are all watching the same movie we're watching. Yeah, like at this point, we have a guy died in the house. Well, that's a bummer, but he was overweight, and who knows? People die. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a weird thing in an elevator that Tony Roberts never explains to anyone, mm-hmm. and then, just a technical it, glitch, I'm sure. Yeah, and then the furnace somehow blew cold air on this one person, but she never explains it to anybody. So mm, Basements are drafty. Yeah, there's no reason for anybody to be especially freaked out yet. And yet, the ex-wife is so terrified of this house, she does not want Lori Laughlin living in it. Mm-hmm. So, Lori Laughlin then shows up with her friend, the cute-as-a-button young Meg Ryan. Who is just really weirding up the room. Mm-hmm. Like She is all about the murder story. She's yeah. all about the ghosts. She's all about the supernatural. Feeling the vibe. Yeah, this is, to my darkness, this is the most dateable Meg Ryan. I'll allow it. Yeah, I just... I don't know. I like creepy girls. Well, it's just fun because, like, Laurie Laughlin is walking through the, the house like a normal person, you know, just walking around, looking at everything. Mm-hmm. Meg Ryan is putting every limb that she has in every opposite direction to what she's mm-hmm. doing to just actually yeah. tactily feel the weirdness of the space. Yeah. She is a six-year-old at her first theme park. Yeah. Like, and she is just all into it, like... Like half dancing and just like, oh my god, this is neat. Oh my god, there was a murder here and blah blah blah, and fills us in on a lot of the details. In like full Canadian tuxedo the entire time. Mm-hmm. And they get down to the basement where they find. Now, in the first movie, we had the wall that uh, the bodies were buried the, behind. The, the bricked up wall that had presumably blood on the other side of it. There was or red paint of mm-hmm. something. So that's the first one. Second one was the uh, doggy door to hell. Yeah, the doggy door to hell with the gothic crawl space mm-hmm. and the sewage and all that. And the sewage. Well, this time they those are. Gone or boarded up or bricked up? They're ignored. If they are there, they are ignored in favor of a well. Mm -hmm. They kick aside some boards to say that maybe this was here the whole time and they just never moved these three boards. Sure. There is a well. That are not nailed down. Mm -hmm. With bright turquoise glowing light coming out of it. There's water in it. It's like the Bahamas down in that well. Mm Mm-hmm. It's. It looks honestly like a fairly soothing little like, it's like one person hot tub. hot tub. It's like a hot spring. Yeah, in Amityville. And I don't know what the you know what the commonality of that in Tom's River is, but I think that's a feature. I'm going with no. It's it's rare mm-hmm. <laughs> at maximum. Yeah, and I mean you're living on the water. Why do you need that in the house anyway? Also, why do you need that anyway? You're living yeah. on the water. Unless it's some sort of weird mystic sump pump situation. What's not in this house? So they find this uh, spooky well, and there's discussion of how the house was built on an ancient Indian burial ground, yeah, which has been the old Micmac burial ground. Mm-hmm. Um, they they they've don't owned the trophy. You don't want to bathe in that well. <laughs> Sometimes dehydrated's better. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Crandall, you're going to need to exfoliate yourself. <laughs> 
terrible New England accent we're just, I'm throwing out there. We're just, I'm trying not to do as many jokes as I can on that. It's so Don't bad. go for it. <laughs> Sometimes funky is better. <laughs> you know. Sometimes uh, swamp ass is better. <laughs> you know, demons that are drawn away from a certain kind of musk a person can have. They want you to bathe. They need you to bathe. You better not bathe in this house, Mr. Crandall. <laughs> Trust me, I take nothing but sponge baths. <laughs> so we keep exploring the house. Um, the um, the father goes into the bathroom where yeah. it is steamed out like crazy. The faucets are kicking out massive hot water. He's trying to get them to turn. He's trying to, you know, like check all the pipes. And the walls are slowly closing in on him, but he doesn't notice this at all. So the ghost is basically torturing him. For its own For no pleasure. reason? Like, yeah. It's like, it's just doing, mm-hmm. it's just hijinks. Like, it, it, it felt like bad time bandits. Yeah. So it was like. It was like the ghost doing the version of Dr. Johnny Fever trying to sneak up on Lonnie Anderson at the desk on WKRP every so often. Mm-hmm. Um, he would just, every so often, he'd walk in the room, she'd be at her desk, just like minding her business, and he'd just sneak up creepy style, and then just, oh, hey, Jennifer, how's it going? Or something like that. Yeah. But it was like. Fair. He yeah. did the scare for his own benefit, but never scared her. Yeah, there's there's no... Yeah, to his, Tony Roberts never sees anything. He does not get freaked out. And once again, we have supernatural things happening with no apparent result. Right. If you're trying to scare the guy who doesn't believe in any of this stuff, at least put some of it in front of him. Just, just a few notes to you, the Amityville house, for the next time. Mm-hmm. If you're scaring someone, do it to them. It's like Juno in a Beetlejuice. Tore your faces right off. Well, it might. Uh, it should occur to you that it might not be effective doing all the stuff to people that can't see you. Exactly. But anyway. Yep. So, so, so now we're back to uh, Candy we'll, Clark. And the photos. And she's, and she's looking at the photos and looking even closer to the photos than <laughs> the... Enhance. Yeah. Enhance. Zoom. Enhance. Zoom. Enhance. And then... Random demon face! Mm-hmm. Looks like the Fluke Man from X-Files. Oh, my God. It oh. A pudgy Fluke Man. Do you think... I we would have to go back and check. Do you think that is the face of the demon that cut, shows up later? Yes. Okay. It looks There's it looks somewhere like the flute yeah. man yeah, yeah, and yeah. the demon from the end of part two that busted out of the guy's head. Yeah. Um, but it and, is apropos of nothing and does not fit in the film at all and was quite hilarious. Yeah. Um, looks again like a little bit like an extra alien. Um, yeah. Which is a deeper cut, but those of you who know it, you big, know it. Big eyes, no lips. Yeah. Um, kind of a puckery, uh, pointy-teeth mouth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but as, since she now knows what is going on, she has to die mm-hmm. immediately. Well, she has figured out that there is another thing in this picture. What it is, we don't know, nor does she. How it's affecting things, or what it wants. These these are questions for another character. These are questions for a story, which I still hold this movie is not trying to tell. Not really, no. So now that she knows all of this, um, she is... Uh, we, we cut away from her for just a moment to where uh, the daughter... Um, her best friend and two boys that they're interested in um, are doing a makeshift Ouija board in the upstairs. She dies first. I think she dies Um, first. My notes have it otherwise. But either way, okay. 
Well, we can... Yeah. They do the Ouija board thing. Um, they ask, is anyone in this house in danger? It says S-U-S. Doesn't give the full name, so we think oh, maybe no, yeah, it's you're Sus. Right, you're right, you're right, you're right. But yeah, um, so uh, Sus, oh, possibly Susan, yeah. possibly... You know, probably Susan. Susquehanna. Yeah. Um, is, you know... Gonna die. Is in danger, and the glass flies across the room, and everyone yells at each other that you did that. No, I you did swear that. To God, every friggin' Ouija board sequence in every movie that's ever been made has the same exact dialogue, mm-hmm. and I'd be angrier if it weren't for the fact that that is the same thing that happens every time you use a Ouija board in real life. Everybody's Most like, "You're doing it." No, you're doing it. No, I'm not. I swear to God. I think it was one of them that did it. We don't know what happened in, in the scene. It'll come up. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, so. Definitely isn't a demon. Because if it had been the, the whatever entity is haunting the house, it wouldn't have done. It couldn't have been them because people saw the thing happening. Right. <laughs> it it yeah. scared them. Yeah, the demon's just not that you know no. bold like that. It's it, not you know it's not showy. It's much more the the thing haunting the Amityville house is much more conceptual in its mm. uh, performance art this time around than it, in the first. Yeah, year. it likes to think of itself as an art installation. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah, so we have the Ouija board thing. The confusing then. thing for me mm-hmm. is that. The Ouija, the the lunch date, and the Ouija board stuff is all happening in broad daylight, and the uh, Candy Clark's death appears to be happening at night. Yes, that's why I'm getting confused about the sequence of events. Uh, continuity and Time editing zones. errors, and which brings us to the car death. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so his partner, um, Candy Clark, Candy Clark, is driving. Somewhere from having gotten, you know, I a good look at those. she's going to Tony Roberts with this new and conclude proof irrefutable. That's right. That's right. That's right. And we are in an era without cell phones, mm-hmm. so she can't just call him. Or, land, or, or, or phones, period. Like, no landlines. Doesn't appear that there are many working <laughs> landlines in this entire thing. But definitely no cell phones. Yeah. And she's on the way, and a fly appears in her car. And that means do the house is working on her car. Mm-hmm. It flies around. It gets in her face. She swings and swats at it. But then her brakes stop working. Yep. And she drives. You know it. Right into the back of a truck loaded with metal pipes, one of which sticks several feet off the back, as Perfect you do. for 3D effects. Mm-hmm. Because she slams right into it. The pipe goes through the windshield and narrowly misses her head. Yeah. Um, so we don't get a Final Destination 2 kind of thing no, there. No, we don't. Instead, oh, we Final get Destination two. Um, what seems like the a lazy cousin of the Final Destinations, because now that she's, she's not safe. gotten hit by yeah. the... Yeah. She, she is presumably safe. The, the uh, telegraphed doom did not happen, so now all she has to do is get out of the car and got on with her life. Except... Now fire. Mm-hmm. Her jacket catches fire. Well, first, it, okay, this is 
First, the full the the folder holding the enlarged pictures starts bur- uh, catches a little bit of fire. Okay, that's what that was. And gotcha. Okay. And before she goes to swat that, her steering wheel catches a, just bursts into like a little bitty bit of flame. Mm-hmm. And so she goes to put out the the folder fire, and that puts her on fire. And then the steering wheel's on fire, and there's all this concentrated fire, and she burns into like a charred body. Which uh, some passerby notices, opens up the door, only to find that there is a charred body, but the entire rest of the car is fine. Yeah, only she burned. Only she burned. Um, and she's still moving because yeah. she lunges at the camera because 3D! 3D! Um, in none of this does the guy in the truck with all the pipes get out and check. No, no, that guy is not anywhere. Yeah, and this is not like it was a parked on the side of the road car. He was stopped at an intersection, yeah. so, you know. It's ridiculous. He, he, he He's an asshole. And but. then we cut to a Frisbee. <laughs> <laughs> which which was we cut to a frisbee, which was my favorite 3D effect in the entire yeah, film. Yeah, like we thought that we had just gotten a big 3D punch with that pipe, but no. Yeah, 3D flies out of frame. 3D flies back at you as somebody returns it. We're having fun now. We're having fun. Everything is good, and you know what? Turns out Tony Roberts has a boat. I mean, he has the dock. He bought the house with the dock, but they've never even paid li- like just even a random mention that he also has a boat. Mm-hmm. And so, but they- he has a dock. So why wouldn't you get a boat? Why wouldn't you get a boat before like other things for your house? Other things for the house. Well, actually, the house appears to be fairly furnished. Like, yeah, not overly, but there's enough stuff. He moved in quick with a half of a small house worth of his stuff, filling out this mega house. Pretty. Good use of space. Yeah, which is impressive because he's, you know, on the road to be divorced, so you would think at least half of the furniture is the wife's. Right. But anyway. So they go, like, you know, her, uh, yeah, Susan and her friends who have, you know, been spooked out by the Ouija board experience decide to go out on the boat let's go relax on a little speedboat mm-hmm. like it's Ryan, not the house no it's not the house it's not yeah. the board everything is fine mm. and at this point uh Lori Laughlin's mom Tony Roberts soon to be ex-wife uh can't find Lori Laughlin anywhere realizes obviously she's at the other of the two locations mm-hmm. that we have in this film yeah. and goes to the Amityville house to find her daughter who she has expressly told not to go to this house. Mm-hmm. And she's upset because the daughter walks into the house dripping wet. That perfect Lori Laughlin haircut yeah. is now a little bit matted. Yeah. Um, yeah, her outfit is soaking, and she just turns and looks at the mom and then just goes upstairs. Gives her a real, like, uh, the mom asks, like, hey, what are you doing? What's going on? And Lori Laughlin gives her a fairly good, creepy stare. Mm-hmm. And then continues walking upstairs, leaving wet footprints in her wake. Yep. Uh, at this point, the dad gets home as well, comes up to the house, and is about to go into this whole scenario. But then he looks down at the dock where the friends have just pulled in and are dragging the body of Susan yeah. off the boat. He runs down um, because she has apparently drowned. Yep. That was her ghost in the house. Yeah. And he asks, 
as he gets there, he's like, oh my God, oh my God. Have you called, you know, have you called an ambulance? Yeah, we've taken care of that. Remembering that they're just stepping off of this boat and nobody has cell phones. Other people said they called an ambulance, though. But yeah. But yeah. They, they were getting off the boat with the body as he's running up. So they had to have called the ambulance from the boat. I'm okay. That's the only that, option. Like, this is a step I'm okay that they skipped. It's okay. Uh, I, I was honestly, I was still at this point very impressed with the creepy reveal that Lori Laughlin had died. Yeah, it was uh, a good reveal. That was, yeah, that was a good gag. Just marred by some very specific. Wait a second. Well, yeah, as is everything in the film. Mm-hmm. And uh, the wife Tess Harper is uh, trying to get Lori Laughlin to say anything to her, but of course she won't because she did. Mm-hmm. And uh, she goes outside, and to her horror finds that Tony Roberts for some stupid reason thinks their daughter drowned. Even though I just saw her. She's in the house and she's fine. What about she's what I saw? Her clothes. What I saw has merit too. Why is it just what you saw? Well, because it's our daughter's corpse on the lawn. It is a very bad both sides incident. Yeah. <laughs> There's no both sides to this. The girl is dead. It sucks. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised that they, like, you would think that it would go directly into blaming Tony Roberts for everything bad that has ever happened in any of their lives. But no, the mom has gone completely berserk. Mm -hmm. So now they have to figure out what's going on to save the mother's sanity. Uh, Tony goes to his friend Elliot uh, West. Dr. West. And the other Dr. West. Yeah. Is convinced that the best thing to do in this situation, <laughs> in you know, to help their grieving, is to do a full investigative study of the house, video cameras everywhere, just try and figure out what's going on there. Because if there is something supernatural, it'll help the mother know that she's sane. Yeah. And so proceeds a setup that's like, it's like poltergeist, but it's better. There's mm-hmm. more stuff. It's not like, you know, just rag tag bullshit and poltergeist. This is like what it would really look like. Sure. <laughs> um, I mean, they do have a lot of gear. They brought in like boom mics for everybody. Mics. And you get a boom mic. You get a boom mm-hmm. mic. You and those boom mic. If you don't think those boom mics were used for 3D effects right at the crowd, or a camera with a you know mini light on front right at the crowd, or literally every every piece of equipment they have comes right at you. It's great. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get tedious after a while. At no. All. I mean, the, the microphone buzzing at you as it hovers over the audience as microphones do. Yeah. So... We have the seance. The, like It's kind of like, in a better movie, this would be a nice bookend, where it's like it starts with a fake seance, a fake medium trying to do everything, and now we're ending with an actual scientific thing, and we know that there is a presence in the house, and we're trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But no, it's uh, just some sort of, it's some astral lava lamp effect. Yeah. It's some sort of like glowy orb, silk sheet, lava lamp, blobby, pink, floaty thing is, as far as we know, Susan. Yes. Leading the mother um, down to the basement to the magical well. Which Dr. West explains is like, we have to also, not only do we need to save uh, Tess Hoff- Harper, we need to save Lori Laughlin. Mm-hmm. And we have to save the, them. The entity is using Lori Laughlin to get Tess Harper. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, the best way to save them is to follow them down into the basement. But don't stop them. But don't stop them. Let it do its thing. Yeah. And then at the last second, maybe I'll figure something out. Mm-hmm. So they go to the well, which is roiling at this point. And yeah. Nancy goes down. Or actually, no, Dr. West is already down there. He beat them to the punch. Yes. And uh, So, yeah, he got down there first. And then the floaty um, effects test from the abyss follows. Uh-huh. And then the parents go down. Yep. And then, apropos of nothing, a gigantic monster demon erupts out of the water. Yeah. Sort of kind of like the one in the picture. Sort of kind of like the one that busted out of the guy in yeah. the last Number movie. Um, it which, just, which we never found out what happened to the priest or any anybody after the second one. Not really. Yeah. No. Which is fun. Yeah. It busts out and it shoots, it breathes fire into Elliot's face wow. and scars half of it immediately. Just cooks him to a crisp. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. And it pulls him down into the well where he starts yelling, save yourself, save yourself, run, save yourself. As an aside, it's kind of funny. Like, Robert Joy playing Dr. West gets burned on half of his face, which we got to double check. Is it the same side of his face that is burned in Land of the Dead? We're going to just say yes. We'll go with yes. It's like this is the origin of his character in Land of the Dead. Mm -hmm. So now he's dead. um, So the only two characters we... And I put strong air quotes on this. Care about. Yeah. Um, make their way back upstairs. They run as all hell breaks loose all over the house. The same kind of hell breaking loose that opened the last movie. Yeah. It's like essentially everything that can be exploding or flying through the air is exploding or flying mm-hmm. through the air. All There's like 30 researchers. They're being thrown through windows. Mm-hmm. Furniture being, is slamming them into walls. Like yeah, they're being no smashed and smushed and flipped. Um, a swordfish flies across the air in, uh, 3D. in 3D. Narrowly misses our heroes. Yeah. Um, they make it out of the house. Yes. And then the house explodes. As it's want to do. In sequence. Like, it's like different parts of it explode. Uh just collapsing the entire thing on itself. This is not like the fireball that was just out of nowhere and amazing in the second one. Yeah, but left the house intact. This this obliterates the house in one of those. We have eight cameras surrounding this effect, and we are using every frame of all of it. Yeah. Explosions. Uh, It was miniature work. It One because good. they didn't blow out the house for real, but but, but yeah, it, it looked pretty good. Um, the house is completely destroyed except for the front door. Yep, and the well. Bum bum bum. And we end with one lone glowy purple fly flying at the camera because again, 3D. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. So um, all of these things sound awesome, though. They could be awesome. A remake of... No, don't remake this. No, no. no. It's... Basically, the story is... Guy finds a cheap house, doesn't spend a lot of time there, but everyone else who goes to the house dies... Until he starts to realize, maybe I should try and calm my ma- my wife down by proving nothing is going on. Despite, again, his real estate agent dropping dead in the house right in front of him right as he moves in. Mm-hmm. His daughter dying there. His partner at the magazine for years 
dying in a car accident. Like, all of this is just coincidence. It it is unclear if he's ever aware of the partner dying. This is also true. (laughs) But, like... One assumes. I would say that one, maybe two deaths... Yeah. ...at your house that you just moved into... That has been connected to multiple deaths. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe you believe a little bit. No, no. Not Tony Roberts, who... Continued to be disinterested in the film up yeah. until the very end. The the truth of the matter just refused to get through his thick, thick hair. <laughs> Everybody in this such movie has such thick hair. Oh, it's a lot of good hair. Laughlin's hair is thick. Um, Meg, Ryan. Meg Ryan has, like, um, not quite a pixie cut, but, no, like... It's short. It's short, and it is, it is a very thick Meg helmet of Meg Ryan hair. Yeah, yeah. And it's... There's just, like, no connective tissue to any of the events in this film, which is weird because it all happens in, like, the same two locations Mm -hmm. with all the same characters. But nobody seems to put anything together. And if they do, they immediately die before they can leave any of that Mm -hmm. information to anybody else. It really feels like while they were making this, they just every day woke up and said, what's a scene we need? Okay, let's do that. And then after a couple weeks of filming, we've got enough scenes, right? I think we've got enough scenes. Yeah, let's go with that. And or they would just cut things out. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like there's like five scenes that that are supposed to be in the movie that aren't in the movie. And then, like, we have, like, the whole big explosion of the house at the end, which, like... In a better movie, it would be like, hey, we're f- like, it would feel connected to the first two films. So it'd be like, we're finally putting this evil to rest mm-hmm. and it won't happen anymore. But it's just like, eh, now the house exploded. And here's like the, the, like the pointless, you know, carry hand coming out of the, the yeah. grave to show, like, yeah, but there might be more mm-hmm. if you want more. So, so we want to make an Amityville movie. What are, what are the big things? Well, I remember flies. Yeah. The house explodes. Yeah. Um, there's those windows upstairs. We need those. People die. Uh, there was a murder. There was a. There was a. a Actually, a, a, nobody a, dies in the first one. No. Yeah. Well, you see, like, the prequel deaths. Or, like, there's yeah. deaths in the prologue, rather. There's deaths, but no, nobody actually dies in the first one. Yeah. And this one had uh, the highest body count, but most of it was completely incidental oh, yeah, characters. Yeah, 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 because of all the researchers. All the AV people. Because uh, <laughs> even if some of them were just pinned or knocked unconscious, yeah. the house blows up, and there ain't yeah. a lot of people on the outside there's when it does. There's maybe four people outside of... Tess Harper and Tony uh, Tony Roberts yeah. that survived the house. And then so. that's it. And also, like, it does break with nobody is driven insane and or possessed by a demon yeah. and appears to be insane in the film. So that's, like, a major break in mm-hmm. the formula, if you want to say that there is a formula to these. Yeah, it's it, this time, instead of somebody going crazy, there's just a stubborn sanity, yeah. which is not as scary. No. Mm-hmm. It's watching someone go insane is fascinating. That's an acting thing. That's a, you know, that's a, where is this going to go? This person's unpredictable. But when you have somebody that's locked in as a skeptic, and that's your whole plot is that everybody, the audience, all the characters know, and it's just this one person being stubborn, 
He has it's no not arc. interesting. I bet you if you like you were to talk to that character after the house explodes, he would say it was a gas leak. Probably, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, and it's stuff. Unfortunately, all of the AV equipment was blown up inside the house. Yeah. There's no proof of any there of it. There's no way to confirm any of it. Mm-hmm. Just a door and a glowing well and lots of questions. Yeah. But not for us. Nope. I think we're... So what, do you, so what do you think, Patrick? What's the resale value of this Amityville horror? Fairly low. It's definitely a fixer-upper. It is. It's, but, I mean, there is, like, a foundation to it. But, man, they did not build on it at all. No. Somebody else could. Maybe somebody else will in number four. Mm-hmm. Which, uh... I haven't looked anything up about number four. Neither have I. We will be going in pretty <laughs> blind on that. <laughs> Try and figure out maybe a basic factoid or two. To yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll find something. We'll get bored and be like, well, what is this movie mm-hmm. that we're going to watch? Yeah, but we're already about a tenth of the way into this experiment. Dear God. Those fractions will just get more oh, soothing. I was just, I hope so. It's like, because, yeah, there's like 30 more of these. <laughs> yeah, and we don't know how many more they're going to make by the time we're done. My God, they could be making more... I mean, I know everybody has their pandemic hobbies, but Jesus. Yeah. And Am- Amityville Quarantine is probably oh already in production. Yes, Amityville Quarantine. That actually has potential. That's, uh, that's a great idea. And then you're just doing, like, all these sad Zoom calls saying, I keep hearing things. <laughs> I guess that's just paranormal activity. Look, it's not like this franchise hasn't ripped things off before. I know, again. This has nothing to do with Poltergeist, and if it does, it's a better version of it. Had Poltergeist come out yet? Yeah, Poltergeist was Yeah, Poltergeist was the year before this one. Yeah, yeah. And God, Poltergeist looks like it it was filmed yesterday, whereas this one has that very 70s, Mm -hmm. borderline TV production look This looks like it was shot yesteryear. Yeah. 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 Oof. Amityville 3. Oh, excuse me, Amityville 3D mm-hmm. on Tubi. If you want, yep, it is not in 3D. But if yeah. you if you close one eye, you can pretend you're just missing it that way. Honestly, you should just watch two again. Yeah. God damn it, that that second one was good. All right. Anything yeah. else? Uh, that's all I got. So yeah, we will you know check back in with you next time. Yep. If you want to interact with us online, you can check us out on Instagram or Twitter at Amityville Show, or you can send us an email at podcastamityville at gmail.com. 